0: Welcome back to 6060.
1: We are going to hop right back into part two of our topic of Have we lost our grip on the gospel? And also there's a little extra bit on the end for you guys to enjoy that wasn't anticipated during the session but I thought might be good to leave in for your own consideration. But yeah without further ado let's hop straight back in. Let me just hand that back. A few yeah, no, no, it's it's because it's, it's, it's like even like looking at the notes now, it's just like trying to work out what the the reasons behind like these alternate gospels automatically just like latching in straight away. Um, and I do feel like satanic. It's, it's satanic. you know, yeah, honestly, yeah, it's, it's it's very. Um, it is very anti-Christ in can, a sense.
2: Um, Reese, can, can I tell you where where some of the fundamental problem lies, and and it and it comes right back down to the individual level, and it comes back down to you, Reese, you, Brother Parmveer, you, Sister Evelyn, you, Sister Katrina, and the sixth person on the platform, and myself. It comes right down back to us as individuals. Now with and it's the individual responsibility i'm really talking about so um and i think probably when um this broadcast goes out and and and, and w- when you're editing it make sure sh- do make sure that you don't edit out my caveats that i give yeah no, so, well. so um so for example you know we when god calls us he did not call any of us as a collective. He called us as individuals. And Jesus makes this ever so plain, the individual nature of the salvation that we have. I'm not talking about the work that we, we have to do collectively because there's a collective work, but there's, the, the calling is individual. So the apostle Paul would say, make and he's not talking to the church collective is a make your calling an election sure let every man work out his own salvation with fear and trembling so there's an individual nature so here it is so god calls me and i have a responsibility to know the voice of God. My sheep hear my voice. And when I call them. They will answer. And they will not follow another. When God calls. When the when the scriptures calls us. Because the scripture is what God used to call us. To attention. To focus. To adhere to. To practice. To, um, to, to teach us how to eschew. How to flee evil. And how to embrace the things which are good. And right. And just. And perfect before God. Now. So here is the thing, the individual nature is what I'm talking about, but we, uh, we tend to have this collective mindset where we want for, um, regardless of what is going on or what has been said, um, we want um, um, everybody to go along with it. Yeah? And then the, the individual responsibility. That we would see manifesting in Joshua when he says, I don't know what you guys are doing, but as for me and my house, we will we will serve the Lord. We the individual nature of it is um, when Micaiah would say, when they said to Micaiah, Look, speak the same as the rest of us. You know, we we've all spoken with one voice, telling the king this. So now you, as another prophet, join us in this. Um, Single a message, tell the king the same thing that I say. Now this is the bit I love. Micaiah takes on his individual response and "Whatsoever the Lord say to me, that will be what I will be saying. I won't be saying just what I heard you say or what you've coerced me to say. You know, um, I will only say what I, as a prophet, I as a." I as a man of God, I as a woman of God, I will only be saying what I hear from God and what the word of God manifests and brings out to me. Now, here's the thing. We therefore, this is part of where I see our problem is. We have a kind of a top-down desire For con- I'm gonna it's it's I'm gonna use the word control, um, but it might not be the most perfect word, but it could be perfect if I if I if I spend time to explain what I mean, then that would make it perfect. But we have this desire like like the overseer is above everybody else. The um the, the the pastor is above everybody else, um the bishop is above everybody else. No. No, no, no. We, we need as individuals to hear from God, the bishop can can hear false doctrine, the bishop can go astray, the overseer can go astray, you know, for whatever reason, it's not for me to say, but we know it can happen. When the apostle Peter was going astray, the apostle Paul called him back, he was one of the apostles, he was going astray. You know, he was teaching heresy. The apostle Paul rebuked him to his face. So what I'm actually saying we haven't the way that we sort of operate and run the show is that is that we're not giving room sufficient room for individual to hear from God, even and to and to tell you what they hear from God. And for you, if you don't believe it, check the scripture out and prove them wrong. That's that's what we have. So if I stand up and I say this, and if you don't agree with that, and you think I'm talking error. There's only one way for you to silence me and to help me to restore my folly. And that is through the scripture. Mm-hmm. And if the scripture says it, for goodness sake, let us yield to it. Now we have this thing, Brother Parmveer, and Brother Reese, Evelyn, Katrina, and the sixth person, on the platform we have this thing in our head which i think is totally wrong because that's not what jesus meant and i was sharing this with somebody the other day and we the bible says let us be of the same mind but the way that church and leadership tend to operate and the the, it's almost like let us all say the same thing well Mm. but um even if we're saying the wrong thing, is that what God means that we should be all of the same mind? Is, is that what it means? Because Reese says this, and even though it's wrong, and because Parm agree with him, and because it's wrong, and because Evelyn agree with it, and because it's wrong, does that mean that Katrina has got to go along with it as well, even though she knows that it is wrong and she believes that it is wrong and she cannot justify it through the scripture? But then you say, we. The Bible says that we should be of the same mind. We should speak the same thing. Yes, but this is the mind that we need to be of, Jesus Christ. If we have the mind of Jesus Christ, and if that's the mind we're following, and if then we will speak the same thing. Let this mind be in you, the scripture say, even the same mind that was in Jesus Christ, Jesus. The apostle Paul would even confirm that, and he says, follow me as I follow Christ. So when I'm not following Christ, do not follow me. When I'm not speaking Christ, don't follow me. Correct me. Otherwise, we're all going to hell together. The blind leading the blind. We need to be of the spirit that we can correct one another. We can challenge one another to look differently, to see differently, to read more carefully, to think more more accurately. We need we we need some men and women who will not just be blind going down and doing everything because somebody says, it. we need to question and it's done respectfully. It's not done in, it's not done in, in any sort of a disrespectful and, and an ungodly way, but it needs to be done. Challenge needs to go on. Because unless we do that, we will be all marching down the wrong road together. Because no man will stand up and put his head or her head above the power of it and said, that not what the scripture says. The scripture doesn't read like that. There's another way to look at this and, and it might be better than the way that you are look, currently looking at it. We need to have that. Re- remember, and this is where we need to remember. We need to remember, you know, I, I, I heard, um, I, I was saying this, uh, and, and this is not a criticism, but it was when I, when I heard it, I sort of thought, well, I don't like that, you know, and and, and it was. I heard um, as somebody said that okay, um, you know, like the, the bishop was was his boss, you know, and um, and I thought to myself, well, the bishop is not your boss. The bishop doesn't appoint you. The bishop doesn't give you a ministry. Not really. It appears sometimes as if that's the way God, but. But who is giving you the anointing? Who is telling you what to say? Who is telling you what not to say? Who is directing you? When the bishops say, don't go out in coronavirus time because the government says so. And the Holy Spirit, you feel, you believe, you strongly feel that the Holy Spirit said, go and stand outside 10 Downing Street and carry your cross and let Boris Johnson know whatever he needs to know. And your bishop is saying, don't do it because you're going to end up in jail. But what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? I want you to be a witness for me. Yes, you're gonna go in jail like the Apostle Paul did. Yes, you're gonna be stoned. Yes, the newspapers are gonna talk. He will love you. Yes, social media is gonna slay you. But for my name's sake, we need to remember who has called us and not allow the man-made system to deceive us as if to say we are all trolls. Under command by one man or one woman or whatever, no. We need to find God and listen to Him because the leadership might need to hear from the prophet that comes from the mountain and say, "Thus said the Lord." You know, so we mm-hmm. need to be careful. You know, we need to be careful that we don't not, we don't become black like blind followers just 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 for the sake of being blind followers. And I'm not teaching rebellion because I don't believe in in, in rebellion, but I do believe. In in, in in reason and um, and bible I believe in bible and and if the bible contradicts me please beg you contradict me and sit down with me and contradict me and I, and I will find my way again you know so I go like the way that the psalmist David said let the righteous smite me. It shall mm-hmm. be an excellent oil that, that shall not break my head. It shall be a kindness to me, you know. So, so you know, let the righteous correct the righteous, but I don't want to be corrected telling the honest truth by a wicked man. But I want to be corrected by anybody who's righteous because you will be doing me good. You'll, mm-hmm. you'll mice my mice my no, god my like
1: Iron shopping, iron. Yes, because um, yeah, I agree. We do like the, the two things. Um, I'm hoping it doesn't slip my mind now. Yeah, the sufficiency of scripture, most definitely. Like that's the final authority. There's no budging on that. Um because it is black and white and it and it's God's. He's given it to us. Um, and that's what the basis of everything should be on. Um, but then like you said, like it's it's you're saying you're not being critical. Um, but then it's just like with all the well, because I guess I drive a lot as a job, so I um I like to tune into sort of like different um sort of like christian podcasts and things like that just to keep my mind um focused on things that can also sort of like guard me from error and things to look out for but it's like you're saying that like when you begin to put all the focus on um on man as the ultimate authority you'll get one of two things really um, you'll you'll either get in one direction a celebrity pastor or something like that or you'll end up straying into cult territory where it's like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll give the veneer of, um, you know, we're Orthodox. We believe that Jesus is the Lord and stuff like that. But, um, say like the, the SDAs will say, you know, we believe that Jesus is uh, God and such and such, but then we hold on to the words of Ellen G. White or the Mormons might say, yeah, we believe that Jesus is God or things like that. But we hold on to, um, what joseph smith said if we start saying oh you know yeah I totally believe the bible and all sorts of stuff but i like to hear um you know we need to be abiding by what this person in positions starts saying is that like, well i i can't i think emily said it in the past as well like several times i can't let i'm going to stand before god on my own and i can't say oh well you gave me this leader um, so I entrusted my salvation in their hands in the hope that they would get everything right no no like you said I need to work that out for myself very much need to work that out for myself and it does begin to um um cause it's like you know not necessarily like bash people um and it's certainly something I'm learning myself uh that you, you do begin to have like the discourses and stuff and discuss stuff and that you hold things in certain ways and just, oh, you know okay, you know, we view that this is a non-essential so we can have liberty in discussing this, but we need to make sure that the essentials are correct. Because um, I guess during the pandemic, I guess I've kind of, I um, almost say like I've fully dis, um, dissociated myself with like the sort of like Pentecostal theology sort of thing in the sense of trying to just find the more biblical sort of true um Functions of how the, what the Bible says, um, and I have noticed that yeah, it's one of the two things you've got people who are seeing things the same way, and it's like oh, you know what? I'm now beginning to see that um, Christianity goes far beyond um, far beyond what I I see on a, a weekly basis because I think I mentioned to one brother like that like two years ago that um, there's some people who might genuinely think that when they get to the pearly gates that their um, their church denomination logo will be plastered on the front. (laughs) (laughs) It's far wider than that. And it's, I think it's over the past two years that I've realized that, you know, there is actually a body of believers across the entire globe that I'm a part of, and I can learn things from these people. So it's like, um, I wouldn't have heard the, the gospel clearly. Um, and, Literally seen how the Holy Spirit convicts, just like in Acts 2, and see my life turn around. Had it not been for someone who was in the evangelist corner, that's just what they do. And I've, I don't know this person, you know, it's just something they recorded, but hearing their witnessing every Wednesday it's just like, you know, God's working on me here. And then it's like, well, has it come to like scriptures and stuff like that? It's like, well, I would have never have heard of things like, you know, like exegesis and drawing out scriptures and hermeneutics and lexicon and understanding how we've got the Bible as it is. Hadn't it been for um, people like, say, like from Answers and Genesis or like from Calvinists to hold on to like, you know, this is how you do it. This is how you guard yourself for everyone. And such, and such I would have never have learned these things had it not been I was given access to the entire body of believers. And it's just like, God's good, you know, <laughs> God's good. Like the fact that, yeah, we may like have these differences, but I can get to a stage where it's just like, you know what, I'm spiritually, spiritually mature enough to if I come to a crossroads i can put the things that i put as um that i might hold dearly aside whatever it may be and i can fellowship with you because we have something in common doesn't matter where we go in the world at all you know i could go to a presbyterian church um in i don't know say like thailand and we'll have something in common i can't talk your language i don't know the customs and stuff like that but we have something in common it's that sort of beauty that um i'm beginning to well i'm beginning like i'm journeying through and I'm seeing how, like, especially like on social media, how all these different um, other Christian people who are doing the same thing, you know, like, oh, you know, um, teaching people this or highlighting such and such, how it's just like, I don't know where you are in the world, but we all have the same goal and we're all working towards the same end. And it's just seeing how God works through the midst of whatever's going on. So, yes, we had a pandemic. We've gone through all the things like... um, as a church we've certainly gone through things as individuals and as a family but in amongst all of that chaos god's will is still working out to the end that he has planned um and set out for the end so it's it's the beauty in that but then yes the challenges of um obviously you want to share these things with people but then it's like oh well you know we hold on to this or we hold on to this i'm not letting go of this i understand i'm your brother but or, um, you know, we're brother and sister and stuff like that, but um, because we don't agree on this thing, um, it's almost as if, you know, Jesus needs to take a back seat because I hold on to this thing and if you don't agree with me, we can't have fellowship. So it's, it have been slightly, sort of so sort of feel like contorted in the sense that um, when it says, that, you know, if you have aught with your brother, leave your gift at the altar and make things right with them. And it's like, well, how, how do we work with that? Because, again, it's it's going back to that same model of we. I shouldn't be witnessing to people in church. If I'm witnessing to people in church, there's a problem. I initially thought, oh, you know, maybe it's a good training ground to when, you know, you end up being in amongst other people. But I've realized it's just like, um, yeah, there's a few things like yeah in my workplace, there's people who thought they had a, an idea of what Christianity was. And when you, you'd mention it, um, you would just get mentioned in conversations. Oh yeah. You know, well, Christians is Christians, that such and such, how they try and explain this, explain dinosaurs and stuff, and such, and such, and such. But then you get one of those individuals on that conversation and you just preach the gospel to them. It's like, oh, I never knew that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't know. It. Well, I'm not, su- well, yeah, I'm kind of surprised you didn't know it, but I'm glad you know it now. Like it, you've got it backwards completely. Not, I don't know where you got it from. I don't know where you got it from. And it is the case of just like being out there, but then it's the question of, um, how we, that like, gear, yeah, going back to the original question. Have we got a grip on the gospel? Has the gospel had the change in us so much so that we can share it with somebody else. So it's like, if you're a, beg- if you're a beggar and you've got no food, you're starving you find bread would you go as far as to share that with other starving beggars or would you think, well, I've got mine, me and mine, you know, I'm, I'm full now. So I just need to walk on with that. It's a, it's bizarre, but to be fair, I do have a video that, um, kind of rounds it off. there something to, to reflect on. Cause I feel like we've probably only scratched the surface, um, of trying to to navigate this. Cause I mean, I know that there's, there are other practical things, that we do need to focus on, but I do, like we, those practical things can't be dealt with until we get like the, the core foundation sorted out. Once that's completely sorted, we're all on one accord. We understand completely what that is, almost like going back to basics. We can't then operate in the other realms. So like, again, going back to last last week's one, one last session, where it's just like, you know, um, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, um, like I'll be reflecting on that the entire time we've um since we've discussed that and even thought oh look let me just again look into like the original root word for when it says Her husbands love uh your wives and it's just like i've mentioned it before like a new service was it last year or maybe the year before it's the word um i'm gonna say it wrong now uh it's agapeo ag- agapio something like that uh which essentially it's the the verb for agape so it's operating in agape so husbands love your wives not as the love that you know you might feel in some sort of like tingly feelings we're talking about the only love that you can obtain from god that third strand <laughs> that third person who was there present when you made that vows that's the only thing that's going to allow you to accomplish that part of um that call to action and it's just like okay but then it's like well what what things do you call on when things are difficult and i think it is it in jeremiah um i might be wrong it's one of the prophets where um because yeah, jeremiah, jeremiah was a weaving prophet wasn't he yes me... so, yeah because um it, uh, god calls jerusalem and again again this is not by no means like what i'm not saying like like, this is the things that are going from my head when there's contention and things like that but um, how Jeremiah is like God calls Jerusalem at that point uh, a prostitute so it's like you know you've given yourself away to all these other people but you're worse than a prostitute because a prostitute gets paid for what they do you just do it for free but I'm still calling you back and it's just like how bad does the situation need to be that despite everything going on, God still goes, you know what? I've made this covenant with you. I've made this promise. It's going to work out in the end. Mm-hmm. So despite what you like, you know, you're going like to next levels to the point where to say like me as a human, if I were to be in God's position in like a sort of like, normal sense in of like marital things, like, if you're doing all this foolishness, then we probably shouldn't be married anymore, but it's just like, no, like you're doing all these things, but I'm still going to fulfill my promise on restoring that relationship. And there's obviously the great mysteries, um, aside of all of that. So like with, um, like reflecting on, um, Emily's, um, question from before, like how we always talk about, um, when it comes to the gospels, when we talk about the gospel, we tend to, um, run to the, um, epistles and things like that to sort of like, gain the um, inner workings and understanding of that but then she's like well um, is what Paul is what Paul talking talking about different to what Jesus is talking about and he's like well it's not, it's just that the the I would almost say like target audience is different because Jesus came to the Jews and it was always for the Jews I mean there was one exception where you had that lady who um, mine's gone blank
2: now. Yeah, a syro woman.
1: Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, um,
2: it's not, it's not me to give the dogs bread and to yes, them,
1: yeah, yes, yeah, but the um, yeah, but the the pups get the things, but so he's like, he's like, not okay, and this exception because you believe, but this is like that's the great mystery that um that uh Paul was talking about. So like, you know, the kingdom has come, like we have given you everything through the book of Daniel, you know, um, through all the prophecies, um, you know, Gabriel's tale you all of these sorts of things. And now Gabriel has come to Zechariah, um, told him about John, he's gone to, um, to Mary, you know, he's waited all this time. <laughs> he's gone to Mary. So you know what, the savior is going to come through you. The savior comes, everything is going to be restored you know, the kingdom of God is in your midst. It's, it's in your midst and the beauty of the fact that, um, you know, um, at one stage Jesus thanks God for the fact that God is drawing all those who he's going to save to him and the Holy Spirit is um, is working in their hearts to to accept that salvation. And then through the midst of all that, we it's, it's opened up to us as we go through like the book of Acts and all that sort of stuff is that all this beauty is all then wrapped up. And it's like, once you begin to truly understand what great lengths God has got gone to, to, to give us this good news, um, you can then walk into any other section in life and it's just like, okay, I understand what God's framework is for this. Um, you want it in this way. And because the Holy Spirit's dwelling within me, I am more than happy to be submissive because I want to glorify him. I'm gonna do it in this way. The world might see it differently, but it's going to be a reference to them that it's only God's way that works out really well. Um, and yeah, uh, I think you know, I might show the video now cause it's something that I'm thinking about, it's like we do have to kind of preach the gospel to ourselves. Cause I think um, I was telling Chris earlier in the week that um, there's a point between like Sunday and Monday where when for a bit of a wobbly, when I thought, like, oh, am I genuinely saved? And in that process, it's just like, okay, so I've never really experienced this to this degree. So what things do I have as tenants to hold on to, to kind of reaffirm, um, reaffirm that I am genuinely saved? And it wasn't the case of just like, you know, I'm, I'm doubting that Jesus is God or anything like that. Cause there's things, you know, how do you explain the, um, the expansion of the church and all those sorts of other things. But it's just like, how do I know that um, on this journey, I'm not like one of those ones where in whatever contention comes ahead and I decide, you know what, I might need to distance myself. I'm as, oh, you know, this is what um, Peter was talking about. That when, is it Peter? No, John, sorry. John. Um, so, oh, yeah, and, um, those who were with us have gone from us. And the conference because the truth was never in the like, site. Oh, would you be viewed that way? Um, and that sort of thing. So, so, what sort of tenants do I have for my salvation to say that um, I am truly, I am truly, truly saved. And it is a case of going back to that. I saw how the Holy Spirit convicted me of sin. Had I'd been not, had i not been saved, sin wouldn't be a concern to me. It wouldn't be at all. Okay. I can hold on to that. Um, I desire and I really do enjoy getting into God's word and just finding everything that's in it. That's not something that um, I do with myself. And I guess it was like mentioned on Sunday, it's like, you know, the Holy Spirit brings those things to remembrance that um, was taught, I guess. In context, it worked for them um, in terms of like, they wouldn't have known stuff, but through the Holy Spirit that would have been taught and obviously through the manuscripts and stuff, we get that. But the Holy Spirit is always just like, when something happens, those scriptures come to mind. It's like, okay, God, you're talking here. This is what I need to do in this situation. And it's just like, okay, okay, I can I can hold on to this now. Um, and I guess it, that's the first time I've actually experienced working out your salvation with fear and trembling. Because it is a case of, you know, if, and if I'm not truly saved, then I've got a lot of bad things to um to look forward to, and it's not a case of, I don't deserve those things that, <laughs> um, I don't deserve the eternal judgment. I very much do. I very, very much do. But again, it's going back to the fact that, despite the fact that I've done nothing to, forgot to decide that, oh, you know I, I want to save this one. He's done it anyway, despite the fact of everything I have done, I'm doing, or I'm going to continue doing until um, that day of redemption, but he's done it anyway. So it's, it's kind of that um that thing of preaching the gospel to yourself as regularly as possible because I don't want it to be a case where um, it becomes a works thing you know because I've done such and such that I can now be considered righteous. But I'll leave it in the hands of somebody who is far well-versed than me and it's something you can carry away as well because um, it's, it's very beautiful in its execution because um, I heard this about a year and a half ago and it's stuck with me ever since um, so I hope you guys do enjoy it but I feel like we might need to come back to this but I think because we're coming to close to 10 o'clock we can leave it here I'll, um, I'll put this up for you guys so you can uh, enjoy this as we go on through
3: without the preaching of the cross, without preaching the cross to ourselves all day and every day, we will very, very quickly revert to faith plus works as the ground of our salvation. So that to go to the old uh, Fort Lauderdale question, if you were to die tonight and, and, and you were getting entry into heaven, what would you say? If you answer that and if I answer it in the first person, we've immediately gone wrong. Because I. Because I believed. Because I have faith. Because I am this. Because I am continuing. Loved ones, the only proper answer's in the third person. Because he—because he—think hey, about the thief on the cross what an immense—I can't, I, I can't wait to find that fellow one day to ask him, how did that shake out for you? Because you were, you were, you were, you were, you were cussing the guy out with your friend, you'd never been in a Bible study, you never got baptized, you, ne- you didn't know a thing about church membership, and, and yet, and yet you made it! You made it! How did you make it? That's what the angel must have said, you know. Like, what are you doing here? Well, I don't know. What? (laughs) What do you mean you don't know? Well, because I don't know. Well, you know, we. uh, uh, Excuse me. Let me get my supervisor. They go get the supervisor. Ranger. So we have just a few questions for you. First of all. Are you—are 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 you clear on the doctrine of justification by faith?" <laughs> the guy said, I've never heard of it in my life. And, and what about—let's uh, just go to the doctrine of Scripture immediately. This guy's just staring. And eventually, in frustration, he says, on, on what basis are you here? And he said, the man on the middle cross said, I can come. <laughs> now. Now, that's the—that is the only answer. That is the only answer. And if I don't preach the gospel to myself all day and every day, then I will find myself beginning to trust myself, trust my experience, which is part of my fallenness as a man. If I take my eyes off the cross, I can then give only lip service to its efficacy, while at the same time living as if my salvation depends upon me. And as soon as you go there, it will lead you either to abject despair or a horrible kind of arrogance. And it is only the cross of Christ that deals both with the dreadful depths of despair and the pretentious arrogance of the pride of man that says, you know, I can figure this out and I'm doing wonderfully well. No, because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free for God the justice satisfied to look on him and pardon me. That's why Luther says most of your Christian life is outside of you, in this sense that we know that we're not saved by good works, we're not saved as a result of our professions, but we're saved as a result of what Christ has achieved.
0: (sighs) That's something
1: that, um, yeah, I keep in mind quite a lot. Just to keep me in check, just to keep me in check, because understand that you know my spiritual knowledge is growing exponentially week by week. Um, asking all sorts of questions more to the uh, to the misery of Katrina. She gets inundated with quite a lot of them, um, but yeah, it's just like this constant hunger, this constant hunger to dig and dig and dig, find the truth, find the truth, find the truth, and I do find myself. Again, using like the spirit of deserving, it's just like, oh, so like, I'm not sitting on a Sunday. So it's like, oh, you know what? Such and such might say, so, uh, like, oh, you know, we're going to turn to the scripture or they'll say this thing. I was just like, oh, well, actually, let me just check that. Because I know that obviously like the brains did the same thing. It's like, oh yeah, no, we you know everything you sound, everything you're saying sounds great, but we're just going to check to make sure. We're just going to check to make sure. And I think it kind of ties in with everything we've kind of already talked about. If there's like a general misunderstanding um, at the core, we're not all sitting on the same page. I'm not saying like we have to view every single non-essential detail the exact same. Like Alfred said, we can certainly discuss those things so we can get a greater understanding of how those things work and where we might be able to um, uh, cast our lots, as it were, on what side of that sort of thing is, but. I'm curious as to find out how many people generally understand the essentials and i going around thinking, I'm saved because of me and, you know, I'm sinless or God saved me because I'm good, you know, and he's not going to, I don't need to, um, I don't need to share this because, you know, I'm going to heaven anyway. It doesn't matter. It's just, well, if. If you, you know, we talked at length, you know, we've had an encounter with, with Jesus, you know, Jesus has saved us, you know, we're looking for the power of the Holy Spirit, but we're not sharing the one thing that he's told us quite black and white to, to do like well, you've got, it might be a bad analogy. It's like a car, you've got the most powerful engine in there, you know, 1400 horsepower could do 0 to 16 less than a second but you've not put the thing into gear and dropped the clutch you've just you're just revving it off I don't want to be the person who's just making all that noise and then when we get to the end it's like oh you know okay we'll let you in because you know you've been saved by grace but there's no reward because you've done nothing I can't be going on this journey, learning all these sorts of things to not fulfill that, um fulfill that commission. I understand it's difficult, but like Alistair Begg says, if I think once you get to the, begin to preach it to yourself, it does become natural, so then you can have that conversation with other people. Um but I think there, there's so many different things that could be causing that, like biblical illiteracy of whether it be in the congregation or those who are um, in minister positions in any shape or form and things like that, that I definitely need looking into, but um... <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, definitely, there's definitely work to be done. Um, I'm done being frustrated now and you know, and saying, oh, you know what, this happened and such and such, and this happened and such and such, but when, you know, this was the context for such and such, it's like, you know, I'm just ready to get my hands dirty. Because we're going through mm-hmm. Luke, and you know, I'm at the age where Jesus was when he started his ministry. So it's just like, well, <laughs> if he started that, I can obviously do something of some form. So,
2: Reese. Yep. Who is Who is James HG?
1: Uh, that would be my cousin, actually.
2: Hi, James HG.
0: Hello. Hiya. <laughs> <laughs> God bless you all.
1: God bless you. God bless. You. We've got Robert Mentor in as well. He's coming very late. Yes, no, Robert came very late. That's cool. Okay, that's perfect. Well, thank you guys for uh, for attending. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to do the exercise that I was going to do at the end, just because of numbers. But
4: um, I guess I might
1: leave something with you um, that you might be able to. Get back with whether it be like in person or whether you send a divine message, um, just to find out what people's opinion of Christianity is. Like, what is the? I asked like, what is the gospel law? What do you understand Christianity to be? Because um, one what I was going to do at the end was split you off into two groups and then come back and then have you try and witness to me, but in a sense that you don't know what my stance is on anything. So just to see if you could get your head around navigating that sort of conversation, but it might be worth us at least. The aim was to try and equip us with the skills to be able to, should that opportunity come, not to withdraw, but to be able to at least navigate the conversation so you can drop those nuggets in. So people have heard the gospel, the seeds have been thrown, and then God obviously does the rest from there.
2: Yeah, and you know one of the... (laughs) One of the things about the gospel, um, well, it's a very, very important point about the gospel because sometimes we... we, um, Our approach to the gospel is that we want to um, make it... um, Let me use the word palatable, yeah? Um, It might not be the best word, but um, we want to make it palatable for people. So we... um, I think sister Evelyn mentioned we we try to make it non offensive you know um but um in so doing, we actually um, weaken the gospel our our rather than say weaken it, we end up not delivering it to the people who need to hear it um, you, you know um the the gospel is um It's very, it is bruising. It's, you know, it's like, um, if you've got um, an illness that requires aggressive surgery, it is bruising. And as a matter of fact, um, you know, the treatment um, might well kill you, you know, Uh, uh, and, um, and the gospel, does not make any compromise to us because we are so nice people and God don't want to offend us. In fact, God wants to offend us, you know, um, and, and by that, you know, to, to offend is to, if you let a person who keep on going around telling everybody how beautiful they are, now for you to um, recognize that you're, you're, you're really a ugly person, you need to be offended. You need to be. You need to be shown exactly what you are. You know that you ain't beautiful like you think you are, and that sounds funny. In the mirror, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so show the mirror, which is the word of God. Know, show, and we, you could go to Revelation, and Revelation. Uh, um, it makes it very clear when Jesus is talking to one of those um, one of those seven churches. He says, "You think that you are clothed, and that you are rich." He says, "But you are wretched and naked and blind, <laughs> you know." And um, and so that the truth offends because the truth um, um, shows you that the image that you have of yourself is not quite um, correct; it is off sync, you know. So um, so the truth does offend, and that's why Jesus was crucified. He Offended the scribes and Pharisees. You know, that's what the Bible says. He offended them. The disciple said, Master, do you know that you offended them? You know, you you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, you whited sepulchre, you, you know, you know, you know, the, you know, the gospel, the gospel offends, it bruises because we do need bruising. We do need our consciousness. Um awakening and sometimes slap and the gospel does slap the bible tells us about the gospel the word of god is quick and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thought and the intent of the heart of men so when well, and those things need to come to the surface before unless they come to the surface, but what, what are you going to repent for if if your if your problem don't come to the surface You know, and so the word of God brings those things. It stirs the muddy water and brings the filth up to the surface. And then we can um, repent and accept the salvation that's there to deliver
4: us. Mm. Just a quick one as well. With the gospel. Where we find ourselves now. Everybody and the way they see the gospel. But the question you want to find out is, the way you see the gospel, is that what God says? Or is that what we are meant to be? Or is that how the gospel is meant to be passed across? So you find people who will do things and they'll try and justify it. But God, the same yesterday, today, and forever, The Bible in the olden days is the same Bible we are using now and is the same Bible that will be there in future. But people try to lower the standard so that the gospel will suit their lifestyle. Hmm. So you might find people giving you examples based on their lifestyle and they think because it's like this, then I think, oh, yeah, then that is what the gospel is all about. But to you, it's good. Remember, the gospel is not about you. It's about Christ. So if whatever you are doing and man is telling you that, oh, well done for what you have done, and then it is wrong in the sight of God, then you might have to find a different name for what you are calling the gospel. Because God is not going to lower his standards because we are in a new era to fit what he knew, everything. And he said it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if God was like this in 1960, 2022, we are saying that, oh, because everything is changed, then it means that now the gospel has to change to suit the way the thing is. No, man has to change to suit what the gospel says not the gospel changing to suit what man is trying to say and once we are able to get that balancing right then we know that we are doing things to please god we are doing things the marking scheme is the bible the marking scheme is the gospel it's not the other way around that we have to look at our lives and say that oh because things are like this now let me do it this way because now God is never going to lower his standards because we have decided to be where we are. If we want to be like Christ, then we have to stretch to go through what he went through to be able to make it. And brother, Rich, you said something. You don't want to get into heaven where there is no crown. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't, we are all living in this life. The reason why we work and all this is to have a better life. We don't want to stay and say that, oh, yes, I just want to stay as a normal Christian. What is a normal Christian? Yeah, what Christ asks us to do, let us do that according to what the Bible says and not according to what our mind or society is telling us.
0: Mm. I agree. I agree. Anyway, brethren, I've got to dash off. So thank you. you I appreciate it.
1: The opportunity, and um, look forward to you for next time. It's God, no problem. Problem. God bless you. Bless you, as well. Thank
0: you. Okay, okay. bye bye.
1: Yeah, I'll let you guys know when uh, we'll get the next one out. Um, and I'll try yeah. and see if I can uh, work it away. So yeah, everyone's at least what? Well, yeah, try and make it so everything we've already discussed can be put into practical terms because um, yeah I think it's it's one thing that I think that's definitely missing I think we're probably uh... yeah it's, it's, it's a massive I don't even know where to start <laughs> I don't even know where to start yeah I think if we can get the if we can get the, the foundation sorted we'll we begin to see the how the light on um how things should work because it's like yeah had I not looked into this properly I would have never have seen how um, how people at certain churches have taken a different stance or changed their gospel and how that's affected their church and how that's affected their view on how they um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for how they assess the spiritual health of their church so it's like oh because we mm-hmm. have you know 10,000 people turning up on a Sunday we're really healthy but then it's only like 0.1% of them who are actually genuinely saved, and if you know all of them were to die at the end of that service, then the rest of them are going to hell. It's it's that sort of thing of it's kind of like serious what we're dealing with. The the gospel isn't like a flippant thing, but then once we get that right, mm-hmm. everything else begins to fall into place, and you yeah you're empowered to to want to work in those other areas. But it's, yeah, it's just going through all the weeds. So there's going to be doctrines and traditions and stuff that are tied to it that are going to need taken down or discussing Mm -hmm. or confronting um there's going to be like things like repentance and things like that so you know like people who don't forgive so well you've been forgiven do you understand that it's on the call it seems to all be kind of going back to a a core thing it's like you've misunderstood you've misunderstood this as a as a fundamental um so, yeah, it's, I think it's gone back to that uh, Christian 101 sense. Not to say that, like, you know, it may, it may be a case where everybody kind of understands, but I think it, if the church setting is the way it should be, we should be edifying, training up, and getting everyone prepared to go out to be doing what the Great Commission says. But um, I think once you stray from that, yeah, like the seeker-sensitive church, it just becomes about the services. Yeah. Just coming in, having a good time, you know, I, I was really moved and you know, I had a great time, but I'm still going back to the same struggles I had before. I still can't talk to brothers such and such because, you know, I, you know, I've I've exhibited all this sin, all these spiritual gifts being exalted and um, gone on in church, but I still can't forgive such and such. It's so well, yeah, <laughs> I don't know where to yeah. start, but um, yeah, I'm like I said before, I'm at this stage now where I'm just ready to get my hands dirty. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I can use this frustration as fuel, and um, it's fuel that won't run out. I don't think. And once it, won't, and if it does run out, it's a case of okay, yeah, things have been dealt with, but it will go from that to having that readiness of the gospel. If we're if we're um, being very slow to, you know, to dig deep into the word or to to confront these things or to to you know actually assess.
2: Yeah, so I, I think you said, Brother Reese, what you're saying, what you're saying there for me is um what you're doing here on this platform um really is really I think I think we where, where your um where the task lie is to get um, this conversation that we're having um out into a wider audience mm. and let people hear and join in the discussion, you know, and um and I think that's how that's how um, changes take place. You know, mm-hmm. people's preconception of something um, is only changed when they are presented with something that challenges and shows um, give a better um, explanation to what they um, they are holding on to. So I think that's where um, that's where this that you are doing and the recording of it is important because you know you could always have. Let's say you record this discussion, then you you have um, uh, you, you know you get Pastor T to give you some sessions at church to discuss the topic and to listen to the um, the um, the discussion that we're having here on the platform and to seek solicit the um, engagement of the wider um, audience, what their views are of mm. the things that we're that we've said and bring us back on to defend are to be corrected for, for the things that we've said, you know. Uh, and I think that's um, that's what this platform, I think, is it will be good to do.
1: Oh, yeah, no, certainly. Like, I think it's, I, I think that's probably, I, well, it's interesting how we've kind of naturally gone in that tra- 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 <laughs> trajectory. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. In a sense, obviously, like the first episodes, we we're talking about, like, very deep doctrinal stuff. But then it's like, as we're touching on these, stuff that it's just like, you know, this needs to go out to them. Mm. I'm then reminding, reminding myself, of that. but you know, we're stressing on these things, but then we've discussed these on previous ones. So it's a case of, okay, now you've got a grips on this. If you want to learn more about it, we've already touched on this in say like episode two or three. So you can go back and listen to that to get a great understanding. you can ask the questions on that. So I do have to thank God that even though I have no idea where this is going or who's listening or what's going on behind the scenes, that, there is something going on and there is a plan ultimately in in his hands. Um, So yeah, the aim is to definitely want people to, um, well, yeah, I'd like this to be face-to-face rather than just be on Zoom because that adds a completely different dimension to it all. I guess like with everything that's gone on, this has just worked out. But um, now by all means, I'm, I'm ready to start dealing with and blood in the sense that, you know, people's souls and seeing them and carrying with them and opening up scripture and discussing all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Because it does feel like as much as we can talk about all these things, it feels like it's in a bubble. So, uh, yeah, I I think I'm...
4: You realize one thing as well, yeah. Anytime you try to dig deep into the Word, we then find out that very few people are interested,
0: mm-hmm.
4: and 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 it then obviously will make you ask certain questions, like you just said, ten thousand people in church. So people use those numbers to think that okay, the church is growing, but we just have to ask ourselves: out of that ten thousand, how many are actually born again? Because mm-hmm. there is there is difference between spirituality and being religious.
0: Mm.
4: one of the scriptures that actually frightens me a lot is Job 1.6 he said when the children of God went to present themselves to God Satan was there Satan also came so you can be in church and you have all these people sitting in church but some actually are agents so if we use numbers because obviously there is no way you can serve God as God, as the Bible instructs us to do. And our life will be the same.
0: Mm. There is
4: no way. There is no way. So when we begin to see these things, you realize that when there are, there are certain things, when, when those things are done in church, you find out that people will go out and when you ask them about the service, they will tell you service was very interesting. But you see topics like this, when the microphone is given to you and you deliver this service, I can tell you by the time the service will be over, I'm sure half of the church will leave.
0: Hmm.
4: Half of the church is gone because it doesn't sound oh too interesting to what they want to hear. Hmm. But remember, what you are doing is not about what I want to hear, it's about what. God wants us to hear and what God is telling you to do. And that is how we need to live our life. Do what God is asking you to do, because He is the one you are supposed to please mm. and not to please me or please Pastor Alfred or please anybody. Once your life is pleasing to God, you are safe. But when your life is pleasing to man and it's not pleasing to God, then there is a problem so that is what we need to look at in terms of what whoever would listen like you said we don't know but once the truth is out there and you have done what god has laid on your heart yeah you leave the rest for god whoever would want to listen to it and take the correction and move on with their lives that is up to them who decides also not to listen Then if they, you are like the rich man And when you die and you get, you can't say, oh, God, give me a second chance. Let me go and try and then sort things out with my family and speak to them and then that like that. Then you hear like, okay, we've got Brother Reese there. Remember when he did 66 Deep Podcast, he spoke about this and you listened to it. What did you take from it? So ours is just to do what God has instructed us to do. Mm. We leave the rest. That's all we can do. Yeah, no, 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 I agree,
1: and I do appreciate, yeah, because um, I think what you what you've said is uh, kind of what's going on now. To be fair, <laughs> there is that um, sort of this balance act between, um, I wouldn't say like pleasing man and pleasing God, but it's just like, oh, these are things that I think are be really beneficial,
0: but then you begin to think yourself, like, well, am I just um, what's the words
1: doing it to suit myself so this is something I would uh, enjoy listening to but then yes yeah, like, like you've said it's just like well these things are not just like flippant things that we've talked about or just you know deep things that nobody needs to understand it's like you know if you apply this to your life things will drop off oh yeah yeah
4: things will drop off. 100% you will see if, if, if you follow what the Bible says teaches Oh, your mm-hmm. life will never be the same your life mm-hmm. will never be the same if you don't then there are challenges in there so then the people will then begin to ask but where is their god what is going on because obviously you are praying every day and then you are doing all that and you are doing that and you are doing, this, you are doing this you are doing this you are doing that but people come to church so out of that ten thousand you are talking about you'll be so surprised 70 uh, 7,000 of them have their own reasons, 8,000 of them have their own reasons, and they are there because I know if I don't come, probably a pastor will call me, if I don't come, probably a brother will call, I didn't see you in church today, mm-hmm. so some, mark register and get there and not necessarily to come there to worship God or, you know, serve God, it's just because oh, I just don't, there yeah, is something that I do. So then obviously, instead of it being a spiritual exercise for you, it become a religious exercise. Mm. Yeah,
0: it's a deep one. <laughs> oh, dear.
1: No, yeah, yeah, I agree that we might need to. Well, not to say we might need to, it would be good to definitely revisit this. Um, I'll try and work out a date, and okay.
4: then so
0: we, can, we can move on from yeah,
4: that would be good. Yeah, that'll be that would be good. Wow. Listen, you're doing you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. When you begin to talk about things that not everybody wants to talk about, you then you then realize that, okay. This thing you are doing, you even begin to you begin to attract enemies because mm-hmm. you are exposing you are exposing certain things that the devil don't want people to know. Yeah, you begin to attract people, yeah. You begin to attract enemies because you are you are the devil is comfortable with the way things are going. Yeah, leave them. Leave them. What, what, what we need to understand is the devil don't mind giving you all the world for you to miss heaven. Mm. Yeah, but the opposite is what shall it please? What what, what what are you going to get if you gain the whole world? You yeah, gain everything in the world and then you lose your soul. It means you don't make it to heaven. Then what? But the devil is opposite. So the devil can give you all those things, and sometimes we need to understand that. Listen, the devil, the devil's aim is to prevent you from getting into heaven. Mm-hmm. So once the devil can distract you from with things around, okay, this and then this and then that, and you don't make it to heaven. Yeah, the devil has achieved what, you know. It sets it uh, a a sight on to achieve. So we then also have to come and then do our best and then help people, get people, speak to people of the broad road and then get them onto the narrow road, on the narrow road, because that is the only way we can make it into heaven. Yeah, so the next date, let's know, then we'll work on it. yeah Yeah,
1: no, I agree, I agree. Thank you very much for that as well. And thank you, Alfred, for turning out. Uh, James, as well. Goodness me. That
0: I. <laughs> I don't know yeah. I feel exposed. <laughs>
4: it's a good exposure.
0: Don't worry. Don't worry. <sighs> you've come
1: in spirit and in truth so (laughs) I know I do appreciate it I do appreciate it and um, Evelyn as well thank you for turning out now that I know you yeah yeah
0: that's
1: (laughs) fine it will definitely work towards you ourselves prepared to fulfil in this this I do appreciate you guys turning out Um, I will Let you all go and I'll get this um, all composited together.
0: Okay. God bless you, Zerin. God bless you as well. Alright, take care.
4: God bless you all. Go and be. Take care. Bye. Bye
1: everybody.